Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2022, and I have the privilege to open up the year with a message. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Chris. Big shout out to our pastors, Pastor Stacy, Pastor Derek, and also Pastor Devin. It's an honor always to be able to share. And what a better way to start the year than talking about faith. And so as we get ready to embark on 2022 and our conversations with Pastor Derek, trying to think of, you know, what could I say? What could be something that could be helpful? We landed on faith. And if you're taking notes, um, I'm going to talk about how faith, you know, it doesn't make it easy, but it makes it possible. So if you want to write that down, that's kind of like the big idea. We're going to go into, I think, what would be three very practical ways that we could rekindle or revitalize our faith. And hopefully it'll help. But I want to introduce the message first by, you know, confessing something that has been hard even for me and maybe it's been hard for you also, but uh, I've struggled deeply in in my faith uh, for the reasons because I don't understand everything and sometimes my expectations haven't been met the way I thought. It's it's caused me to, to struggle and it's something that I continually am overcoming. So if you're listening to this message and maybe you've, you're struggling in your faith for some things or for the life that God had spoken or the purpose that you have or where you thought you would be right now, let me just say, take some notes because the Bible is full of principles that help us get through that messy middle. Um, when I learned about my own personal story, just when I was writing this message, looking back at some of the dark places in my life where I had lost faith in certain things. And what, what happens is when you analyze it after the fact, you, you come to the conclusion that it, it's not that God changed, but our faith changed. And so our, our faith has different levels. And it doesn't matter where you are today in your faith. The important thing is that you can grow from there. But I was in a place where my faith was changing and, and I was settling and I was living my life below the standard that God had for me. And so if, if maybe this has never happened to you, but if, if it has, uh, hasn't yet, just know that, hey, the, middle, the, the messy middle <laughs> knocks on the doorsteps of our lives uh, eventually. So take notes because this will be helpful later on. But what I want to say is that I noticed that my faith, when I've struggled with it, it's always been in reference to how I was waiting for something to come to be. And it's in the waiting that we start to settle and we lose our faith or, or maybe our faith gets weakened for the things that we were believing for. And, you know, initially when we have the, the God dreams versus, you know, the American dream, we, we have these, we aspire, we, we have these high standards. And when it doesn't happen, we, while we wait, we start to settle. And, you know, like, for example, maybe for you, it, it looks like you were waiting for Prince Charming and he needed to have a certain type of personality and integrity and character. And you had all, all of these criterias uh, and, you know, Prince Charming didn't come. And, and, and now you're just looking for just anybody that's the opposite sex. And, you know, a job is optional. <laughs> and so sometimes we settle below the mark that God has for us 
because while we wait, we settle. And I want to say that although your expectations haven't been met, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. In fact, if God met all of your expectations, how could he possibly exceed them? Amen. And so I'm just here to charge you this year as we start this year fresh with with words of hope and encouragement to let you know that there is a life that's bigger than the one that you're living. So write that down. There is a life that's bigger than the one that you're living and you shouldn't give up and you should know that God has a better way and he has plans for you. In fact, it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So let's break that down. We have to define a couple of things before we get into this message about faith. How faith doesn't make it easy, but you know what? It makes it possible. And it makes it possible because it changes you. It changes your expectations. And therefore, you grow from it. Okay, but there's a difference here. If we were to look at the Bible in Hebrews, very known verse, Hebrews chapter 11, it defines for us what faith is. And there are two versions that I'm going to read and maybe it'll be on your screen. But Hebrew 11 tells us that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. In the King James Version, it'll say it like this. uh, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. You'll see faith and hope in these verses, depending on the translation. But let's just also understand, what is the difference? Have you ever stopped to really understand what is the difference between hope and faith? Well, there is some overlap, but they are distinct. So when we talk about hope, Hope is an optimistic attitude and it speaks to the future. But faith is a trusting attitude and it speaks to the now. So if I had to come up with a definition that puts it all together, I would say that faith is a continuous trust and hope in what the Lord is doing in your life. Amen. But let's talk about what faith isn't also. Well, faith doesn't feel and so although your feelings are real, they may not be reliable for how you should live your life. Um, Faith knows even when you don't wholly understand. Faith doesn't make it easy, but faith does make it possible. And that's the title of today's message. Now, when I go into the text, we're going to go into what I believe would be three practical ways for us to revitalize our faith for this year that's coming. Um, I would like to use an illustration of what would be a rope, in this case, a wire. And I think there are three steps to revitalizing our faith. And it starts with us looking backward. So for my left, it means looking at our history, our origin, who we are, and what God's promised us, and the experiences that we've had with God. It always starts with looking back because it reminds ourselves, it brings to memory what God has done for us. Because true repentance, well, hey, it comes from knowing the goodness of who God is. The wrath of God doesn't lead us to repentance. It's, it's the goodness of who God is. And when we look to the future, this is the life that we can't imagine. These are the things that God has prepared for us to prosper us. These are the things that we will do when we step into our purpose that we can't account for. This is about the, the, the cloud of witnesses that will testify when we step into heaven to account for 
all of the things that we did to move the advancement of the kingdom of God forward here in this realm. But it's somewhere in the middle where it's blue that it gets messy. And this is the present. And I believe here is where we need to look up so that we have the strength to move forward. Let's break this down into three steps and just learn a little bit more about a practical way that could strengthen your faith. All right, so number one is remember your history. Remember, that's looking back. It's not regression, but it's just looking back to understand what you've gone through. Now, um, or what was prepared for you. Let me give you some text so that this makes sense. So it's three R's. It's remember your history. It's remind your present. And it's restart your future. And so it's remember your history, remind your present, and restart your future. Write that down. Hopefully it's on the screen. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So even though we're living in the present, God knew you before you were here. He knew you before you were born. The Bible says that before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. This is a promise. This is a, a statement of truth. The Bible also says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world, God was thinking of you. God had a name for you. That's why we need to look to see what God has prepared so that we know what to do now. That we should be holy and blameless before him. And so here we have the text to understand that God had a plan and God was thinking of us when he started creation. Let me transition into a life of an example in the Bible uh, through the lens of King David. Now, if we look at King David in 1 Samuel chapter 17, you'll see that this is right up into the moment where he's going to face Goliath. And you know the story. He has a conversation with King Saul. Let's go into the text and see how he was able to exercise this principle of looking back and reassessing the promise and the preparation made so that he could step into his destiny in defeating Goliath. It says that in verse 37, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Now, it's interesting here that King David wants him to use his sword and bear his armor, he quickly takes it off. And what he says is he brings, he states something that has happened in his history with God that brings to memory how faithful God has been in his past. And so one of the things that we get from looking back is assessing to see how faithful God has been in our lives. And the truth is, if he has been faithful in the past, He's going to be faithful right now. And you can be blessed and assured that he's going to be faithful in the future. And just as a sidebar, God's faithfulness in David's life even caused him to be faithful in his own life. Because there are a couple of things that David remembers in the narrative of the Bible. But specifically, David remembered the promise that God made to him. And later, he remembered the promise he made to Jonathan. It's interesting how... God's faithfulness or God's promise to us 
inevitably leads us to be faithful in everything that we do. Uh, the promise is found in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 15. It says, when Jonathan was having this oath with David, Jonathan was his best friend, also king of Saul. You know the story. He says, do not ever cut your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. It's interesting that David is able to remember the promise he made to Jonathan because of the promises God kept in his life. And so when we assess the past, we are able to remember and keep our own promises also. David brings to memory all of the times that God has been faithful to him. When you assess your history with God, I would like to encourage you to bring to memory all of the times that God stayed when everybody left. All of the times when God strengthened you with supernatural sources that you didn't expect. I want you to remember all of the promises over your life and hopefully you've written them down and you, and you read them to yourself so that you can remember or bring to memory the victories God has given you in your past so that you can be strengthened for the moment that's before you as we start the new year. Number two, well, now that we assess our past and we understand what God has done for us and before that prepared for us, we must remind our present. Now, I think it's, it's about speaking out loud the promises God has made to you. It's, it's not about how much faith you have. It's how much faith you use. And, and you use your faith by speaking it. The Bible says that the power of life and death lies in the thoughts no, sir. No, ma'am. The Bible says that the power of life and death, it lies in the tongue. And so when you remind your present situation, problem, disease, anxiety, depression, um, whatever that tribulation that you're going through, you need to speak audibly, speak directly to your problem. I mean, and, and use some verses like the Bible says in Psalms chapter 68, may God arise May his enemies be scattered. May his foes flee before him as smoke is blown away by the wind. May you blow them away as wax melts before the fire. May the wicked perish before God. Listen, look at what Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, if we look back at the life of David, and I hope you would use these verses to speak to your situation, to remind your present of who you really are and what God has prepared for you and how faithful he's been. But when David was reminding his, his present, it was found when, when he said to the Philistine, uh, the, the giant, he, he was about to step into the battlefield and he was insulted because of his stature and how he was coming into the battlefield. But, but David responded in this way. He said, you come against me with sword and spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. It's interesting that David here is reminding the situation whose battle it really is. This is him speaking on behalf of the Lord God Almighty whose battle it is. And so one of the things that you do when you remind your present situation, problem or scenario is that the battle is not yours. The battle is God's. And if it is his, 
assuredly you're going to come out on the right side of this. And as we step into 2022, I challenge you to remind the situation, to remind the problem who your God is and speak to the problem audibly so that you can hear yourself speaking the promises God has already spoken over your life because the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. What are the things that God has spoken to you over the course of your life? You need to repeat that to yourself, friend, so that you can remind the present who's really in charge of your destiny. As we transition to the restart, so just to recap, there are three phases that are practical ways to revitalize your faith, to put your faith on fire and not be under fire. Number one is you remind you, you remember your history. Number two is you remind your present. And number three is you restart your future because you have now a new trajectory. Well, how do you do this? Well, you reset your expectations from settle to faith. Now, Sometimes what happens is we, we limit God's power through our limited expectations because of how we've been waiting or how long we've been waiting. We start to change the desired future we wanted. So instead of waiting on God to meet us here, instead, we start to lower the destination. We start to depreciate the promise so that maybe we can help God fulfill the promises that he's spoken over your life. Hey, we can't limit God because our expectations aren't high enough. If God was ever to meet all of your expectations, how would he exceed them? The Bible says that he has prepared exceedingly and abundantly more. So it's it's interesting. I'm reminded of the story of Abraham. And you've probably read this before where he's called out of the land of his ancestors to a promised land that God would show him. And he promises him a son and the son doesn't come. He's older in age and the land doesn't come and he wanders waiting on the promises of God. And all the while, Abraham's expectations were placed in a son and he tried to help God with the promise by having a son with his concubine and his mind was was always focused on a son but when all along God had a whole generation in mind and in that he was thinking of me and you isn't it interesting that when God promised Abraham that he would be the father of generations that he was thinking decades and generations and he was thinking of me and you but Abraham was only thinking of a son there's a story in the narrative that Abraham is in a tent, actually, and, and, and Abraham, Abraham at the time is, is actually talking to God about what God isn't seeing inside the tent as he's thinking about how hard it's going to be for God to fulfill the promises in his life. Have you ever felt like that? And God calls Abraham to step out of the tent and asks him to count the stars. Consequentially, he can't because they're too numbered. And what God is saying is, you're trying to show me what I can't see, but if you would step closer to where I am, you would be able to see what you cannot see. And so when we shift our lens and our perspective to what is God seeing versus what we are not seeing, it will increase your faith 
to be reset and restarted. And so maybe in 2022, your expectations need to change, not for the lower, but maybe your expectations need to be raised by looking at who you are and the experiences you've had with God and how faithful he's been in every one of those moments and then have a new found belief that he will fulfill the promises that he's made to you. If God had to promise, it means probably that it wouldn't be easy. That's why people promise things. That's why people sign a check. It's a promise that I will pay you. If it was going to be easy or easily achieved, then God wouldn't need to promise. The reason why he promises us is because he knows there will be moments in our journey with him where we doubt. But don't allow the doubt while you wait to change your, your level of faith in him. Because who has started a good work in you? <laughs> Come on, you know this. He is faithful to finish it. As we conclude, I, I wanted to bring another part of the Bible that helps me make the point of how our faith levels can change in the middle. The disciples also had a messy middle. If you remember the story, how Jesus called them to the other, to the other side and there was a great storm. And Jesus calms the storm. He was sleeping through it. And these were experienced sailors. It wasn't their first time going out to sea. And they're at the point of, of perishing and they wake up Jesus asking if he cares. You probably have read the story. But what's interesting about the end part of the story, and this story is found in three of the, all three of the synoptic gospels. You'll find it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But at the end, because it's written from different perspectives and authors, you're going to see that they were in awe of this man that speaks to the storm and the storm listens. Because when Jesus spoke, it ceased and it obeyed his command. And then Jesus responds in Matthew, ye of little faith, because they didn't believe. But then in Mark, Jesus says, according to the author, why have ye no faith? And then in Luke, it's a question also, and it asks, where is your faith? And I was trying to harmonize this in my study this week. I've preached on this before, but it gave me a new understanding. Because you see, in, in, that, in that vessel, in the middle of that storm, all of them were close to Jesus. And because of what Jesus did, all of them were helped. But their faith levels weren't the same. Some had little faith, others had no faith, and some didn't know where their faith was because the story came from different perspectives. And so it's not conflicting, but it's harmonizing to where the author's faith were in the moment of that storm. But what's interesting and what I want to bring home in this moment, so if you could lean in, is this. It doesn't matter the level of your faith. The Bible says that all, is, all that's required is, is faith the size of a mustard seed. And so if your faith level is here, or if it's here, or if you don't know where it is, it doesn't change the proximity that you have for Jesus to help. Faith levels don't determine his proximity to help. I want to pray with you as we step into 2022 for a renewed expectation 
in Jesus' name. And I'll just flat out say this. I don't think it's going to get easier. And it doesn't have to. Because you're going to be more protected because of how your faith is going to grow as you learn to change your expectations and not settle for what the world wants you to accept. Now, if you could pray with me. Lord, I pray for everyone that's listening and that's watching. And you know every one of their stories. You know their names. You know their situation. You know what they're going through. And Father, I pray for their faith to be renewed. I pray that they would be able to look at how faithful you've been. For them to remind their present of what God is assuredly going to do because of his history of faithfulness so that they can restart their journey into the future, your future, your plans. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, I want to thank you for tuning in. And if you are here and this message is new to you and you want to understand more about what faith in Jesus really means, what I want you to do is, I want you to text CC Saved to 9700. There's going to be a team waiting for you. And I promise you, stepping into the faith is probably, I guarantee, the best decision you'll ever make in your whole entire life. God bless you. We'll see you next week.